Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. Yeah, boys and girls, here we go. Beautiful Monday afternoon right here on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Headlines brought to you by our friends at Buddies. Goodies and glass. It's always 420 at Buddies, baby. <sighs> oh, idiot. The NFL schedule comes out Thursday at 5 o'clock, unless everything leaks before then. What percentage of the Seahawks schedule will we know by 5 o'clock on oh, Thursday? Least half, probably. I think you're right. I'd yeah. say maybe 65 70%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL did announce today, though, that week two, uh, Monday night football, there's going to be a doubleheader. They're going to stagger the start times because, you know, typically they have one game start at like 4, one more at 7.30, so each game is on by itself. But right. this year they're going to stagger them. Titans-Bills at 4 o'clock on ESPN, and the Vikings in Philadelphia starts at 5.30 over on ABC. We, we will carry one of those games for sure here. Yes, we will. Yeah. We got NBA playoffs going on. Uh, Bucks and the Bucks. Celtics in game number four. That one tips off in about a half an hour. Milwaukee leading that series 2-1. And the Warriors try to go 3-1 up on the Grizz. The Grizz likely without Ja Morant tonight with knee soreness. What's the best medicine for a baseball team that just snapped a losing streak yesterday? How about playing the Philadelphia Phillies? For 12 and 16, fourth place in the NFC East. They're in town tonight for three games against the M's. Chris Flexen, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert on the mound for the M's this week against Philadelphia before they take off for three with the Mets on Friday. Shockey wants to talk to you in his office. Oh, he uh, said they stunk. Yeah, okay. The so he's that, okay. Right. Cool. Yeah, so he's yeah, with you then. Right. Uh, several members of CP3's family were harassed and physically contacted by a Mavs fan during mm. the game, mm. causing the fan to be removed yesterday. Giants have released cornerback James Bradbury, and the Sounders lose Saturday in Dallas two nothing. Next U.S. Open Cup match on Wednesday night versus San Jose at Starfire. Next MLS match is Sunday at Lumen at one o'clock. Kickoff right here on Sports Radio ninety three. 3.3 KJRFM. Coming to you live from our Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. It's time for our weekly conversation with the Athletics' Corey Brock. Brought to you by Simply Seattle. For the best Storm, Seahawks, Mariners, Kraken, Rainiers, Sounders, and not to mention the largest Sonics collection in the world, check out SimplySeattle.com. Now with Corey Brock, here's Softy and Dick. Alright, big thanks to our friends at SimplySeattle.com. If you're by anything on the website be sure and use the code softy10 for 10 percent off at checkout at simplyseattle.com mariner gear hot gear kraken gear storm gear the world's largest online supersonic store all at simplyseattle.com shop local shop simple shop simplyseattle.com here he is a man who is anything but simple he's very complex our friend Corey brock from the athletic.com how are you pal I'm doing well. You know what? I just got a box from Simply Seattle with mm. some sweet Sonic stuff in it. I'm pretty excited. I was going to say, don't open it yet. we got to have that tested before you open it up. That's so right. 
Sounds like you did it already, oh. so everyone's all safe. All right, good. Uh, hey, so I'm watching the game yesterday. I want to talk about the Kelnick controversy, I guess, if there is one in a second. But I'm watching that game yesterday, and up until Toro had the home run and France won it in extra innings, I'm thinking to myself, this team looks like they might be in some trouble. And I don't know if yesterday's outcome, the finale, uh, the, finality, uh, the final score, if you will, would change that thought at all. What do you think? Is this a baseball team that looks like they may have some serious holes, or are people maybe panicking a bit too early? Well, again, uh, and not to beat the dead horse about being one bat shy coming out of spring training, but let's remember they are without Mitch Hanniger, Tom Murphy, who was off to a fantastic start, and J.P. Crawford's working through some back spasms. He'll be at, he'll be back probably tomorrow. So those three guys aren't weren't in your lineup, and these are three guys that you know I think are going to play uh, maybe not every day, but are going to play a lot and expected to contribute a lot. So yeah, it's. Uh, Things are a little lean right now, so this is a tough stretch they've had to weather here. Um, I thought yesterday's win was probably cathartic on a lot of fronts, not just the George Kirby uh, debut, which was dazzling, but uh, you know they came up with some big hits late in the game. Toro has two home runs in the last two games. Maybe he's getting going, but boy, it's going to take a collective effort. You know They're heading out on this road trip here pretty soon, and they're going to have to swing it to survive. How long... Can they last without making a move to bolster the offense? And when are offensive players made available by teams that are really, really bad? Yeah, and, and we're still too early because te- you know these teams have gone through the process of setting their roster. Um, they want to see guys perform. You know, forty games is kind of a uh, not so secret magical mark where teams sort of decide, okay, maybe this is what we are. We need to make a move. Um, in one direction or another, or maybe no moves. And certainly if you have something catastrophic that happens, uh, you have no choice. So, you know, we're not to that point yet. Um, And teams aren't really, uh, teams never really deal guys in April and May, just because, like I said, they're trying to see what they are and give these guys enough of a sample size to see what they can do. So, you know, I have to think that maybe at some point they have to go out and uh, address the offense a little bit and maybe get that bat that uh, maybe they should have gotten, you know, in the off season. But we'll see. We're, we're not to that point yet, but I think that's a conversation to be had. Well, George Kirby, uh, six innings, four hits of shutout ball, seven strikeouts yesterday in the game versus Tampa. Uh, Bill James has a stat he devised called a game score. Uh, and I guess the way they do a game score, uh, a score of 50 is average. Uh, scores of zero or below or 100 or higher are extremely rare. And uh, the Mariners say that George Kirby had the highest game score ever for a pitcher making his debut in Mariner baseball history at 71 yesterday. How impressed were you with George Kirby? Yeah, uh, really impressed. And, you know, we've been hearing about this guy for a long time, Softy, since they drafted him and. 2019 and the high strikeout rate, how he doesn't walk anybody, didn't walk anyone yesterday, just throws a ton of strikes, really fills up the strike zone. Um, I think he was amped up early, got a few three ball counts. and But, you know, he was up around 97. Uh, the secondary pitches were really good. This guy's going to be a great fit moving forward for the rotation. I would suspect he stays in the rotation now moving forward. And maybe they have to kind of adjust things with day off. Um, here and there, and certainly with the All-Star break, to make sure his innings uh, his innings load isn't too bad. But it's really exciting. You know, we saw this a lot with Logan Gilbert last summer, and there'll be some ups and downs, but 
Yeah, he gave fans a lot to dream on yesterday. So tell us why it's different than 27 days ago when Matt Brash went five and a third, only gave up four hits, one walk, six strikeouts, and we were all talking about him. Why is this more sustainable than what Matt Brash did? Or is it? Well, well, first of all, uh, Kirby has a much longer pedigree as a starter. Um, he's been a starter going back to his college days. Um, and certainly he has one thing going for him that Matt Brash doesn't, and that's a history of throwing strikes and a lot of strikes. And, you know, I think we saw with each subsequent Matt Brash start after that opener or his first game in Chicago, uh, the, the command um, became more of a variable uh, each time out, and he, re- he really had trouble getting in the strike zone. And that was really the root of all his issues. He walked 17 and 20 innings. So uh, George Kirby's not going to do that. He may not walk 17 all year or maybe even next year combined. So, um, you know, I still think you know Matt Brash is going to be a good player. I still think he's going to help this team at some point. They seem to think it's going to be as a reliever. Um, we'll see what he could do. But, you know, again, he's still only 24 years old. Um, I still think he has a bright future ahead of him. So why was Brash named the fifth starter instead of Kirby, just based on three weeks of spring training when all you have all that other data you just talked about? Yeah, you know, I think it was a 1A, 1B situation. And honestly, um, even though we, you know, we – you know, we could put a lot of emphasis into spring training stats when in reality we know they don't really mean a whole lot. But his stuff was dynamite, and he was in the strike zone more. And uh, the pitch mix was just electric. He won that spot fair and square. Uh, he was better than Kirby was. But the feeling all along certainly was that Kirby was going to be up and he was going to help his team, maybe not on May 8th. But uh, lo and behold, here he is. So, you know, I don't think it was a bad decision by the Mariners. Like I said, I think Brash won that spot, and um, now it's Kirby's, and I think he's going to run with it. Okay, well, what is what is the short-term and long-term plan here for Matt Brash? Walk us through what the next maybe steps are with him. Yeah, City of Destiny, right? Tacoma, he's going to be a sort of a – they want him to be a multi-inning reliever, maybe like a two-inning guy. Uh, because he is stretched out, but this will give him an opportunity maybe to go out and use all his bullets early on and not have to worry about throwing a third pitch or a fourth pitch. Uh, you know, he could just focus on that fastball and that slider, or maybe some days it's going to be that fastball and the curveball. Um, but it's all going to be contingent on him throwing strikes. I mean, he pitched in relief yesterday. I think he gave up a home run, a couple walks, three strikeouts. You know, it was kind of a Matt Brash line. And uh, he's just going to have to fill up the strike zone a lot more to be able to help this team uh, because they envision him as pitching important innings in that bullpen, which has been, you know, been weakened. Um, it looks a little bit different than it did last year and uh, a little vulnerable. So uh, they hope to get him back, but it's all going to have to start with better command. We talked earlier about uh, Mitch Hanager. You mentioned him being out of the lineup. He's got 35 at-bats total already I mean, just in, in the first month of the season. And – Jerry Depoto was on with us near the beginning of the season, said it takes two to tango to be able to do a contract. Is Mitch potentially costing himself quite a bit of money by being unavailable in 2022, particularly if this lingers? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, through no fault of his own, really, because, you know, injuries happen. And it's really unfortunate. This is a guy who, uh, you know, takes supreme care of himself. And it's, you know, the high ankle sprain is kind of a freak deal, but. He's in a boot. Um, he's doing some stuff without the boot on, but he's mostly wearing this protective boot for a while. 
you know, it may be all-star break after the all-star break until we see him again. But, Jeez. yeah, it's unfortunate. I think this is going to be an important year for him, at least uh, financially. This is his walk year before free agency. So, um, But, you know, I, I still maintain that uh, he's very important to this team, and hopefully he gets himself back and he can contribute. I think he's massively important to this team, for sure. Yeah, There's no massively. question. Well, Corey Brock is with us from The Athletic, courtesy of SimplySeattle.com. Uh, how close is Kyle Lewis to coming back up? Uh, so, you know, no timetable on that. You know, he's still playing with Tacoma. He's only played a handful of games. He's hit a couple bombs. You know, they're about to go, the Mariners are about to go on this long road trip to New York to face the Mets, Toronto, and then Boston. So, I don't know, maybe next homestand, maybe uh, by the end of the month he's back here, but they haven't determined yet. I think that'll be determined by how Kyle's doing, how his knee feels, and just, you know, his timing and and such, but uh, I think you know we're 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 closing in on it. But I still think it will be um, toward the end of the month. Right. Well, okay. Uh, where does he play when he comes back? Who's well, whose spot does he yeah. take? Who gets bumped? Is that is that the day that well, Kalnick goes down? Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, I, at some point you have to produce, and you know we've already seen them move. Well, we saw them move Brash down. That's a little different story. Cal Raleigh went down and. Obviously, he had to come back up when Tom Murphy got hurt. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think his days are numbered by any means. But, you know, at some point you you have to produce. So that could be a logical move or maybe a chance to, you know, use that DH spot a little more uh, to slide him in there, maybe let him play the field, you know, three days a week, let him DH a few other days a week. But, you know, these are all good problems you could sort through later. The important thing is that, you know, he continues to feel good. He continues to hit down there, get his timing down. And then, uh, yeah, he could be a nice piece to add maybe on before June 1st. Are we another bat light with J.P. Crawford, or is he back in the lineup? Uh, not today. He uh, was taking some BP, but I think uh, he could play probably either Tuesday or right. Wednesday at the absolute latest. Okay, well, the other uh, piece of news I was curious about from yesterday, so Jared Kelnick got thrown out uh, in the fifth inning, I believe, at second base, and it looked at first like he was safe, and then a, a, a lace of the player's glove looked like it maybe hit Kelnick's foot. And we're all scrambling, at least I was, and got a hold of a copy of the 2021 baseball rule book that said that laces aren't supposed to count anymore. Uh, so unless baseball has changed the rule, which would run counterproductive to everything they've done, which is to benefit offense, then the umpires in replay may have blown that call against Kelnick yesterday. What do you think? Well, I talked to Jared Kelnick about this. Kasafi, I know how you obsess over things. Yes. You were going to ask me about this. Yes. And I asked him point blank. I said, hey, what was the deal with that? Did it have anything to do with the laces? And he said, no. Um, obviously, it's in the rule book that laces can't be a part of that. But he said, um, obviously, the umpire called him out. And when they went to do the review, um, you know, this, again, has nothing to do with the, the laces. It just wasn't enough information to overturn that. We see that with a lot of close calls, but Jared said he was, he was never tagged. And then the umpire said, Hey, if I had called you safe and you know, Tampa did a review, the call would have stood as safe. So, wow. you know, it's just, it's just wow. one of those deals. So yeah, yeah. The laces had nothing to do with it. Well, I gotta be honest with you. I saw that replay over and over again. I thought there was no way that his glove hit his foot. I thought it was obvious that his glove never yeah. hit his foot. And now you're telling me that the umpires told Jared Kalanick it was inconclusive and they would stick with whatever call was made on the field? The, Corey, the replay yeah. was clear as day that his glove yeah. didn't hit his foot. 
but we see this all the time. I mean, that's that's kind of the crutch they have, the fallback that, hey, we didn't have enough information to overturn it, whereas you and I, yeah. and let's face it, those guys have better angles to look at it than we do. You know? I'm, not, I'm not buying um, it. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry I'm not buying it. I think what happened is the umpires and New York blew the rule. They didn't know the rule, and this is their way of covering their ass by saying there was not enough evidence to overturn a call. That's what I think. Okay. I, I'm just telling you what Jared told me today. <laughs> Talk about Tom Murphy's uh, injury because I, I think he's kind of underrated. I mean, Softy and I were talking in the break about how hard it is to find a 750 OPS catcher. And Tom Murphy's a mm-hmm. career 750 OPS catcher that's got 900 OPS this season. They could use him. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, he's had some rotator cuff and some shoulder issues in the past. And, you know, if you saw the replay uh, the other night when he got hurt, he just kind of got, you know, there was a a tag play at the plate, and then he just walked off the field. I mean, he knew he dislocated it, and, you know, they popped it back in. But as you guys know, once you have a dislocated appendage or whatever, you're more uh, likely to suffer the same injury again. Um, So I think this is something he's battled before. Uh, They were going to have an MRI to look at it to see how bad it was. But, yeah, having him out, it, it weakens you in a lot of areas. He's so good with the pitching staff. I think he's pretty good defensively. And then the bat was really playing well. So we'll have to see. Uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, Terenz and Cal Raleigh. Yeah, it sounds like you're not buying my theory on the umpires in Kalnick yesterday. I mean, you were the one that mentioned that I obsess over this stuff. So I think I'm going to Well, well yeah, and now yeah, you've come up with this huh? uh, grassy knoll argument, but uh, that's fine. Well, the video, again, go watch the video because if you're telling me – if you're telling me you're not there's wrong. not, not conclusive evidence that his glove did not hit his foot, you got to go see Dr. Sharp, and Dick Fane can set that up for you, by the way. <laughs> hey, Corey, before you go, uh, look, we, we respect your opinion a lot, right? You're a longtime baseball beat writer. You cover the Mariners. You cover the Padres. You cover the game for a long, long time. Work for a nice, uh, respected establishment like the Athletic. We need your opinion on something, okay? So Friday night, we had Paul Seawald on our show at 530. And I was going to mention his numbers, but wanted to be respectful of, you know, baseball players that may be a little superstitious about talking about that stuff. So we asked him, do you want to bring him up? Do you want to talk about him? Are you superstitious? He said, I am. I don't want to do it. And so we don't bring him up. And then he goes out and gets his yits lit up on Friday night, and people are blaming us. So I want you to hear this clip with Paulie Seawald, and you tell us if you think that we jinxed him and if we should be personally held responsible for the game he had on Friday night. Roll it. Your buddy Adam at the Mariners actually texted me your numbers, and I'm very, very nervous about repeating these on the air because I'm very superstitious. I thought we talked about this, Dave. Well, I'm not bringing them up without okay, his permission. Good. I mean, how about you? Are you a superstitious guy? Do you want to talk about your numbers, or do you just ignore all that stuff? I am a fairly superstitious guy. I know what they are, and they are they're very good, but we're, you know, Every time I go out there is a new day, and, and I try and put up uh, a one-two-three inning, and, and you know okay. whatever the season stats are at the end of the season, they they'll be that, and I you know I don't really worry about that stuff as much as I can. I try and control uh, every day at a time. Good, forget it then. We'll move on. Okay, so you heard everything that everything that came out of my mouth regarding Paul Seawald's stats leading up to Friday night's game. Should yeah. we? Should me and Dick be held responsible for jinxing Paul Seawald and the game he had Friday? Hell no. You did everything you could to provide a, a buffer there where you really didn't even have to. I mean, you just could have gone down that path, but 
No, you guys handled yourself well, and if anyone's giving you any garbage, you send them down my way. All right, well, good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the name. Why don't you tweet old Jason Puckett while you're F while you you're Puckett. at it, and because uh, we deserve complete exoneration. Yeah. And throw Furness's dumbass in there too, Corey. It wouldn't surprise you. It's two dirty cougars that are coming after us for what happened on Friday. Yeah, of course. All right, so so this is the again. This is is this. Everyone's on the same page here. This is a respected journalist that is absolving you and I of any blame on Friday. All right. I love it. And listen, great stuff, man. Appreciate this. And we'll talk in a week, pal. Thanks, man. Go dogs. All right. Go dogs. Corey Brock with us on the radio show. George Kirby will join us. Which one of his buddies, which one of his friends spilled the beans that George Kirby used to cry in Little League? And which one of his buddies was the one that told him before the game, my advice to you is don't suck? We'll ask him at 5 o'clock right here on Softy and Dick on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for making the switch to FM with us. Seattle's only FM sports station is spreading our wings. Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. Now back to Softy and Dick. Uh, apparently I made a mistake in the uh, 345 segment. I said the Phillies played in the NFC East as opposed to the NL you East. Did. So I apologize I, for that. I, I feel terrible for that mistake. I mean, feel free to correct me. That's well, fine. see this. If it's a, <laughs> if it's a, a mistake oh. that I actually think that you might not know the what answer. the right answer is, right, then I'll right, correct right, you. Right, if right, it's right. just... NFC versus NL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. I thought the NL was now named the NFC, oh, so okay. I'm sorry. I thought it was the National Football Conference and that the Seahawks play in the National League, so well, I apologize. Philadelphia does have yeah. sucky teams in yeah. both the NFC East and the NFC Oh, God. Le who? The her. Just a shot to Shockey's jugular right there, baby. Well, Mariners and Phillies tonight, uh, three-game series. The other piece of news that took place over the weekend Uh, I saw Pete Carroll was talking about this yesterday. Uh, K.J. Wright has said that he wants to play again, but only in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to leave his family again, and I get that. You know, he's at that point in his career where, hey, look, you know what? I love to play, but I don't need to play desperately. I'm healthy. I can pick up my grandkids when I'm 70 years old. I've made plenty of money. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it in Seattle. And it sounds like Pete Carroll is open to K.J. Wright doing something in Seattle, but not necessarily a playing role. Maybe a coaching role. Maybe an advisor. Who knows what it is? Yeah, the quote from Pete this weekend was, I love K.J. I've already talked to him about stuff for the future and all that. That's that's a very Pete way of saying it. Uh I did hear that he talked about playing, and we've already talked about that so that tells me no doors closed right. to playing right. doors very much open for him to be a member of the Seattle Seahawks yeah, organization some, yeah. some I mean look there's no rule on how many people you can have working in your front office right or coaching staff you can hire as many people as you want yeah. in the NFL so it's not like college football where you get nine guys or ten guys and that's it so I, I think it'd be great to have KJ Wright as a part of this of staff in some capacity I don't know why you would not want KJ Wright there to coach up a guy like a Jordan Brooks or a Cody Barton or any linebacker that they ever pick up ever 
right, to have a guy like K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner. I saw where Richard Sherman is about to join Amazon as a, as a media guy mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, put his, uh, his career in the rearview mirror. I know that Jason Witten, though, was doing Monday Night Football for a while, and he realized that he was so bad at that he should go back to playing one more year and went back to Dallas and played one more year and then retired. So I guess you never shut the door on Sherman at all, but no surprise that Sherman is going to end up doing media stuff. I think that was a natural trans. Uh, uh, natural, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Transition. Transition. Thank yeah. you. I almost said transaction. Uh, natural transition for him. But with KJ Wright, I'm going to tell you something right now. I think not only should they put him on the staff as a coach or whatever the hell he wants to do, I wouldn't mind him playing again for the Seahawks because I think they're light at linebacker. I think they could use another guy at linebacker, don't you? Yeah, I didn't want to get rid of him in the first place. Um, I'd love to see him back, but it sounds like that door's closed. And and for some reason, mm-hmm. I don't dislike Cody Barton. Right. I like Jordan Brooks a lot. Right. I don't dislike Cody Barton, but Cody Barton's really never showed me that he has been worth what he was draft was his second round draft pick, wasn't he? Mm, I think he was later than that, but yeah, I mean, I. Look, I told you guys on draft night when we were talking to Hugh that I, I don't get the hype on Cody Barton. I really don't. And I think he's a okay player. Is he a difference maker? That should be a third, third round, round pick. Yeah. That should be an automatic starter in the NFL. No, I haven't seen that out of these guys. I mean, you've gone from Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, and K.J. Wright to basically Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. I know Darrell Taylor is there as an outside linebacker, and this Mafe kid, Boye Mafe from Minnesota, also is an outside linebacker. But I, I think of those guys as more of just you know edge rushers as opposed to pure linebackers that can cover uh, and stop the run and get after the quarterback. You know, kind of three tool guys, and I, I just don't see a lot of depth at that spot right now. I know they signed the kid from the Chargers, Uchenna and Wosu. Uh, who knows? You know what he'll do for him, but I, I I think they've gotten weaker at linebacker in the last couple. There's years. no question, but I mean we're we're also you know, we're also comparing him that that linebacking core to sure. one of the best we've seen in the NFL in the last 20 years when Bobby and KJ right. were both in their prime. But KJ at the end of his career, Bobby at the end of his career, Jordan Brooks is still a youngster. You know, I I still think those guys weren't. Bobby Wagner was not at his best two years ago. Right. K.J. Wright was not at his best two years ago. I, I still think that's better than what you have right now. So I, 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 I would bring him back, and I would give him a spot on the football team. I want Cody Barton to get pushed by somebody. I want there to be some competition at that middle linebacker spot, and I don't know if there is a lot of competition at that spot with Cody Barton. So that's one piece of news. The other piece of news is just the constant you know, conversation about Chris Carson and, and his future, and here we are. And I think Pete Carroll may have kind of already answered the question when it's May the 9th and nobody can say if Chris Carson is going to play in September. And they use a second round draft pick right. on a running back. Doesn't that pretty much answer the question yes, for you? Yes, I would. I would place a you know a sizable wager on one one side or the other that he will never play for the Seahawks again, which is very unfortunate. It's sad, very right? unfortunate. I've always yes. been a big Chris Carson guy. I've loved how oh. he's played, loved how he's run. I've always thought that he's been you know, and, and normally I you know almost all the time I side on the on the ownership side of the money thing versus the player side of the money thing. But in the Chris Carson situation, I mean, yeah. that guy just did not make the money in his NFL career that he deserved to make. Now, fortunately, he got the last two-year contract. What was it, $14 million or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, it might even not have been that big. It might have been like 10. Uh, you'll, have to, you'll have to check that. Yeah. But he never, 
he outperformed the money that he was that he was given as a member of the Seattle. Well, he did because he was on his rookie deal. Yeah, and, and he was you know, a seventh-round pick. That's what sucks about running backs is that by the time they pop, they either A, get hurt, or B, uh, some young guy can come in and do exactly what they can do for a lot less money. Yeah. Right? I mean, how often do running backs even get big-time second contracts? He signed a two-year, $10 million deal uh, with 55.5 guaranteed. So that's yeah. what he made. He made 5.5. And so that was kind of a reward, right? The five and a half million was a reward for everything that Chris Carson did when he was a rookie. But, you know, look, it, it sounds almost inhumane in some ways to put it in these terms, but running backs are just like they are the epitome of commodities in the NFL. Yep. You buy one, you use it up, it's like a printer cartridge, right? And then when it's empty, you throw it out and you buy a new one. I mean, that's really what a lot of them have become. Yeah, but I, but I don't agree with the philosophy that they're not important to draft. I think they are important I to draft. I think they're very important to draft, and I think a lot of people have gone to this, oh, anybody can just run the ball, pick them up anywhere in the draft, or free agencies, look at all the free – and really, no. I mean, you look at the best running backs in the NFL. They have been first and second round draft picks largely over the last right. – Yes. Eight to ten years. Absolutely. No, but that's a different conversation. The conversation is do running backs usually deserve second deals? And I don't think the answer is yes. No. I, I think typically they don't deserve second deals. And again, it sounds like a really kind of harsh way to put it, but th there's no position in the National Football League where guys are just drafted and then cast aside when their original rookie contracts are over like running back. I think you may have made this point you know, a couple months ago that, I don't know, maybe in the next NFLPA bargaining session, it's time for the players to say, hey, look, we want running backs on two-year deals and not four-year deals. And if they're first-round draft picks, we want them on three-year deals and not five-year deals, with the option being the third year and being the fifth year, because I would bet if you go back – and look, obviously offensive linemen, because there's just more at that position than running back. Mm -hmm. But running back is the one spot where you got to hit and you got to hit big early on almost off the field to take advantage of every minute you have in the NFL. Yes. Because the odds that you get in that second contract don't seem to be that great. Well, you get, if it's a first-round draft pick... You can get him for five years, use that fifth-year option on him. Yep. Then you can tag him, and right now the tag is less than $10 million a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get six, seven years of a first-round running back and pay him nominally. Right. I mean, that right. it is a right. tremendous right. – the, the franchise tag on a running back is a tremendous bargain compared to some huge, positions. Huge value. Well, we'll talk about this coming up, obviously, later in the week. Uh, because we're going to have a lot of football chatter going on. But today we're kind of focusing on baseball. George Kirby is going to join us at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, you heard that clip from Paul Seawald's interview on Friday with Corey Brock. For those that missed it, uh, you you tell us how much responsibility Dick and I should bear. And I guess mo mostly me. I'll, I'll put myself out there because I was the one that asked the question. Right, and I kind of warned you ahead okay. of time. I, oh, no, oh, look at this guy! Well, wow, just stabbing me right in the neck. Well, I did say, hey, I thought guy. we talked about this. You okay? Then forget Dick. You listen to this, and you tell me if I should be held responsible for Paul Seawald getting blown to smithereens on Friday night against Tampa. Your buddy Adam at the Mariners actually texted me your numbers, and I'm very, very nervous about repeating these on the air because I'm very superstitious. I thought we talked about this, Dave. Well, I'm not bringing them up without okay, his permission. Good. I mean, how about you? Are you a superstitious guy? Do you want to talk about your numbers, or do you just ignore all that stuff? I am a fairly superstitious guy. I know what they are, and they are, they're very good, but we're, you know, 
every time I go out there is a new day, and and I try and put up uh, a one two three inning, and and you know okay. whatever the season stats are at the end of the season, they they'll be that, and I you know I don't really worry about that stuff as much as I can to try and control uh, every day at a time. Good, forget it then. We'll move on. All right, so he had not given up a run the entire year. He had retired eighteen batters in a row to start the season and then goes out on Friday night and gives up three earned, including a home run. And they lose the game because of that. Mm -hmm. So forget Dick. All right, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Well, I'd be happy to be support no, no, you. you I, I think you just showed what team you're on. You're, oh, come you're, on. You and Jackson are on an island, and you're just letting me. I think me, you should be a, you completely are, exonerated. You are letting me sink here by myself, okay? <laughs> you, you, you just threw me off the Titanic without a life raft, all right? So you tell me how much uh, I should be held responsible for Paul Seawald getting blown to bits on Friday. 49451, then George Kirby coming up 5 o'clock tonight right here on Softy and Dick on 93.3 KJRFM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming to you live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio KJR. This is Textimonials. LOL, semicolon parentheses. Take it away, Dave Softy Mahler. And Dick Fame. Monday show continues. Uh, George Kirby will join us coming up 5 o'clock. Softy Dick Jackson Feld. Jesus Christ, Jackson. <laughs> until 7 o'clock tonight. When is uh, Sounders FC Weekly on this week? Tomorrow at 7. Tomorrow at 7 o'clock. All right, so stay tuned for that. He'll have Garth Lagerway. All the response from the big Calf win and the Dallas loss. Looking ahead to the San Jose game Wednesday and the Minnesota game Sunday. Stephen Fry going to be on the oh, show as well with Stephen a player Fry. of the tournament in CONCACAF. Well, you missed our interview Friday with Stephen and Fry because oh, you were it. sitting home drunk off your ass. I was listening. Celebrating the win on Wednesday night. He apparently knew the exact minute in the game when people turned on their cell phone lights in that mm-hmm. game on Saturday. Which that's or, it. Or Wednesday, which was amazing, man. So good stuff. That's tomorrow at 7 o'clock. All right, 49451. Tell them our new text line when it's game time. It's ton of time. What do you got? The Mariners are performing as consistently as my 82-year-old grandfather making it to the bathroom on time. Wow. It just yeah. continues. How often should you be expected to make it to the bathroom on time when you're 82 years old? Out of 10 trips to the bathroom, let's say your grandpa's sitting on the couch or his favorite chair, and he realizes he has to go. How many times out of 10 should grandpa be expected to make it on time before disaster strikes? Oh, I think as a, as a person that has a 90-year-old dad, okay. yeah, he, he does pretty damn well. Would your father want to come on the air and talk about that? He might. His experience. He might. Okay. I'd, yeah, I, I'd right. say almost 100% of the okay. time. Well, you know my motto. You go out the same way you came in, yep. crap in your pants. <laughs> all right, what's next? I was at Sunday's game and noticed that their four through nine hitters all were hitting 206 or lower. Yeah. That's the worst I've ever seen in my 35 years of watching oh. baseball. Well, the numbers, I mean, look, I, 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 I bet if we went back to, like, the Brendan Ryan days, you might be able to find worse. But, I mean, they're bad, right? There's no Nobody would debate the numbers right now look awful. The good news is it's May the 9th. 
The bad news is it's not April the 9th. I'd feel much better about this if it was April the 9th. And look, there's a reason why we were talking about going out and getting a bat. And don't yell at me about the pitcher because Jerry DePoto was on this radio station and said they were an arm short and then did not go out and get one. Now they're relying on young guys like Matt Brash and George Kirby. And yet the Seattle Mariners are 11th in baseball in OPS right now. 11th. Okay, so what does that tell you? That, that everything's tells fine? you that nobody can hit in baseball. Well, and the Mariners are one of them. And the so Mariners, well, what do the Mariners do? I mean, how about if Jerry DePoto held a press conference? He said, you know what? Everybody else sucks, so we're not going to do squat. There's going to be a race to improve. Oh, no, I, but right? here's, here's the deal. There's going to be a race to get better. We need, and the Mariners are one of those teams that has to get better. Yes, I agree with that. And the Mariners are also one of those teams that could have improved even more and didn't do it. I agree with that. But we need to adjust as fans what is a good batting average, what is a good OPS. Because it's not like it was when we grew up and you had to hit, two, hey, 275 was good, 300 okay. was really good. No, okay. Okay. 240's good All now. Right. All right, but here's the problem, though, man. The problem is not the offense. The problem is not the pitching. The problem is the record overall and the fact that you yeah. just lost seven of eight games. That's right. That's the problem. All right, a lot of seawall reaction. How much should Softy, and yes, I'm talking in the third person now, be blamed for Paul Seawald getting blown to smithereens on Friday? Go ahead. Hey, Softy, yeah. haven't you realized by now we blame you for everything? Yeah. There's plenty of places I can go where people believe in me. That's fine. If that's the way you feel about me, I'll, 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 I'll be your punching bag. What's next? My concern level is that after what happened on Friday to the Magic Man, you guys turn around and guest list George Kirby the following <laughs> Monday. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, should we not put George Kirby on the show at 5 o'clock? Well, He's the- calling us in nine minutes. Speak now or forever hold your peace. We're fine, and here's why. (laughs) He doesn't pitch again until, like, Friday. Okay. All right? Whereas Paul Seawald pitched four hours after we had him on the air. Okay. So you can blame us for Seawald, but not for Kirby. If Kirby gets bombarded by the Mets this weekend, don't blame us. Because Kirby's going to talk to many media members between now and his next start. All right. We can blame any one of them if he's bad. I'd feel a lot better if we were waiting months for his next start. I just wanted a reason to play that drop. All right, go ahead. If you are powerful enough to make the team fail, then are you all not powerful enough to make the team flip to good luck? No, no, we're only powerful enough to take crap when things don't go well. We've already established that. That we're like baseball umpires or left tackles in the NFL or basketball officials. Yeah, you don't notice us when People we do only notice us when we crap ourselves. Right. Nobody knows. Like, for you know, Jackson, for example, you see more texts than anybody. Yeah. How often do texts come in saying, hey, good work. Oh, great call. Huh? Great prediction. Really nice interview, boys. One, yeah. maybe a month? <laughs> maybe? Yeah. That's not how it works. All right. It. What's next? Hey, Jackson, was that you that I stepped over laying down in front of the gum wall by Pike Place Market? Yes. Oh. I think it was. He was saying I literally can't breathe. Really slow. Wow. I can't breathe. I I literally can't breathe right now, James Riley. I I actually am having a hard time. Okay, so this guy actually saw you passed out uh, after well, the game on I, Wednesday I, I at a Chinese restaurant? I don't know if I was passed out at some point Wednesday. All oh. I know is I got home by 2.30 and that was it. There is nothing better. I would argue with anybody, and I will be right every time. 
There's nothing better to eat after a big win than Chinese food for two reasons. Number one, they're open late all the time. Go to Chinatown, Tai Tung, 2 o'clock in the morning. And number two, there's so much damn MSG in that food, Uh it'll soak up every ounce of booze in your belly like a sponge. Is there any type of food that is better reheated the next day Yeah, I don't know, man. Chinese food? It's up there. I mean, I think it's just... I mean, At times, I think it's too. better the yeah. next day than it was when you actually yeah. got it from the restaurant. Yeah, we went to a restaurant in Beery and uh, Bella Luna Pizza. Oh, yeah. You and didn't go to my one no, I we, recommended. No, we already went because you waited too long to text me back. I texted you 20 minutes yeah, after you texted me. Too long. Too long. Jeez, Louise, if there were man. a tournament, a bracket to find out the best response time on a text... You would be like a 16 seed. I'm telling you, on average. <laughs> I always I, get back to you. Tell me, yeah, four days later. Tell me I'm wrong, Jackson. All right, all right, you know tell what? me I'm wrong. On average, look at this dude. Text. You know what? Not only would you be a 16 seed, you'd be, you'd be in the play-in game. You'd be in the play-in game. Yeah. You'd be in the NIT. Now, every now and then, a 16 seed, Maryland, Baltimore County, will win a game. Every now and then, you'll get back to me within an hour. But your typical okay. average response time is crap when it comes to text. Come on, help me out All here. All right, so Jackson. Am I right? Jackson, on on Mother's Day, mind you, Yeah. what's the name of that pizza place in Buren you like? Saturday at, oh, Saturday, not right. Sunday. 5.24 p.m. he yes, sent the text. on Saturday. I yeah. send the response yes. at 5.40, yes. 16 minutes yeah. after, and I'm getting well, crap. I'm called a 16 all, seed for being all, 16 minutes after. You should not take credit for 16 minutes, number one. You should take credit for 30 seconds. And number two, like I said, there's an exception to every rule, and that was it right there. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. 16 minutes is a lot, but I will say this. I don't know what it's like to have kids. You don't know what it's like to have kids. Dick, if you can if you can say that you te- text late because of the kids, then I'll understand. Okay, there might be a reason for it, which I will give you. <laughs> yeah. But you also admit, on average, oh, his response time it's is long. dog crap. Yeah, it's long. Okay, all right. Four, 4.55, George Kirby. Oh, God, But I always go. get back to you. George Kirby, coming up next. <laughs> ah! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.